Welcome back to the Fight Talk Podcast. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode, I have an interview with Craig Mitchell. In my opinion, Craig Mitchell is one of the absolute best independent professional wrestlers on the planet right now. He can be found working for a lot of different promotions, and he has a lot of great matches that are available on independentwrestling.tv. He's somebody that I've been a fan of for quite a while now, and it was really great to be able to catch up with him and do this interview because we've been talking about doing it for a little while. We actually talked right outside of the Basement East here in Nashville, Tennessee, before the Southern Underground Pro Show yesterday. So we talk a little bit about SUP during this episode. We talk about freelance wrestling, which is another place that he does a lot of great work at. We talk about him producing Ali's vignettes. Uh, the, you heard me right. You know, the guy, Ali, who wrestles for the WWE, Craig actually helps film and produce those vignettes that you see on television that millions and millions of people see. So we talk a lot about that. We talk about his immediate and long-term goals within the professional wrestling business and a lot more. Uh, we recorded this once again outside, so you might hear some people kind of talking in the background. You might hear some cars moving around. We even started to get stormed on towards the end of the episode, so you'll probably hear, hear a little bit of thunder and a little bit of rain. But honestly, I think it just adds a little character to this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Once again, this is me and Craig Mitchell on the Fight Talk Podcast. here with Craig Mitchell before Southern Underground Pros all hell breaks loose up here at the Basement East, Nashville, Tennessee. This is a podcast I've been looking forward to do with you for a while, man. Like, you're ever since the first time I met you, and I knocked the beer out of your hand like yes, a piece of shit. Yes. You know, that, like, haunts me, especially because I think, like, that doesn't represent how I am as a natural person, too. So, like, I didn't even know. I must have been, like, clearly in the zone. Well, I think I was in the way, too, to be fair. Like, <laughs> I had been drinking a lot of alcohol that day, and, uh... The way I remembered it happening was, like, you, like, storming up to me and, like, lowering your shoulder and, like, this beer flies everywhere and I'm, like, what an asshole. And then I rewatched it on IWTV and, like, you barely touched me and I was so drunk that it just flew out of my head. Like, I totally misremembered it. So, but Craig's such a good dude and this might, this might ruin his, uh, his character a little bit here, but, like, no, he's such fine. a good dude that, like, he wound up buying me a beer later on and giving me a free t-shirt yeah. like i mean this so I mean, I mean you did you definitely didn't have to do that I no i do but like at the end of the day you know you're coming to a show whether you know i'm supposed to be uh awesome to the crowd or a piece of shit like i don't want anybody to be like like put off completely by like the idea that in real life i would be unreasonable to deal with you know so i think that's you know, you're coming to see a good show and like at the end of the day everybody here is much an adult so there's no it's like when you go see a movie and you get invested in a character, but when the movie's over, you're not like, fuck that guy for real, you know? Right, and for I, sure. You, yeah. you, you, you ride that line really yeah. well, you know? Like, I never feel, like, actually in danger, but it's like, it's kind of that feeling of, like, but he might do something. And that's, that's good, though, as, yeah. as what, you know, what you're portraying. There's a guy here in particular, I always forget his name. He, on Twitter, he's Blonde Bangs Taka. He's the dude, uh, always stands, like... By right by the uh, the post, and like you always get like real oh, yeah. face to face. He has all the pins. That's yes, they got the pins. What's yeah. the deal with that? Is that just he's he's like the first guy I always see. He's always got a spot, which is kind of cool because like you know you, you wrestle all over the place, right? And uh, if you if I mean if you wrestle somewhere once or twice, sometimes you pick up on certain people. But if you go places often, so you go places for a couple years in a row, you start to notice certain fans cling to certain spots of room of the room, unless it's like a signed seat kind of thing and. 
then it's kind of hard you get to buy at the same tickets, right? But this place is standing, and much like at Freelance back home, we have seats, but there's a standing room section. It's the same guys in the same spots. <laughs> right. So if you're in the position to want to mess with fans, they're in the same spot. So it's kind of fun. And I think, like, now we just laugh at each other. Kind of, it's funny. Like, I would throw his hat, and then I now he's got more pins in it than I can throw. I'm like, I'll kill some <laughs> So, but it was always kind of fun because I know that, I, like, that's the thing. And I think you have to be really good at reading fans. Certain fans don't want to be interacted with. They don't want to be touched. That's fine. And I think you should be able to pick up on that. Certain people love it because, you know, if you become more of a part of the show than anything, this is way more interactive than watching it at home. So if you can kind of involve them, especially like in a way that's good, that's not like you're going out and like spitting in their face or some crazy shit like that, but any way that can kind of get them into it. And also the rest of the crowd gets more rowdy when you fuck with someone else because it's not them. But then yes. they can get on their side, especially if they hate me and they fucking hate me. So, but I don't know. They're starting to like kind of get a little weird on me. But you've you've like become like a pseudo like tweener, almost babyface here because we yeah. like you so much. Like we respect what you do yeah. so much that like, you know, I, I feel, it's almost like what, what's happened with Brett Eisen as well. Like he's like just yeah. become so much of like our guy that like it's he's gonna get cheered regardless of what he does because we love him and we we love what he's doing. You know, for the scene out here. Yeah, and if you look at what Brett's doing, so. Brett, month on month, has, like, the match, especially when the show's over, when you talk about the show and you kind of, like, recoup on what you've seen. He always has the match, which, granted, he's in the position to have that match. He's either the main event or he's kind of, like, a staple hold of the show. But that's a testament to that. Like, these are the guys from this area, and those are the guys you want to have in the forefront. And then the rest of us, and I have no problem being this, we're, we're, we're builders of the show. We're little, build, like, building blocks to get to the main event or the story. I'm not in a story. So when I'm going out, I have free reign to kind of do what I want to do. But I I want to do something to help the show. It isn't just about my match, my eight minutes or my 12 minutes or whatever it is. It's not just about that. For me, it's, it's this is a small little piece of the show that when you look back at the show, you're like, oh, it was great overall. There was this, this, this. There was funny. And there was, you know, there's some hard hit and hoss fight match. But then you have your main event, too, which it can be all those things or it could be none of those things it's kind of up to that match to kind of tell you that's the main thing you know and i think that's what brett's been doing really well because his match is the match everybody talks about when it's over which is right because if the main event was the match everybody left on and didn't care about then it shouldn't be the main event you it's know a problem for yeah sure. and, that, and that and that happens a lot and I, and I don't know necessarily if it's not the caliber of the match it's more or less the timing of the show these shows are like express shows which is not a bad thing but it's it's good for us to get better and test how fast we can tell stories and get through our matches but if every one of these matches was 30 minutes by the time you get to the last match you wouldn't care about it anymore and I think that happens a lot more than a lot of people realize especially if you're sitting at home and you watch a show you don't have the environment you don't have the the feeling you're not drinking at the show you're not hanging out with your friends so shows get long you shut them off and I think that's one thing here we don't have the option everybody has to go quick and if anybody goes too long it screws the other matches so it's that balance of like everybody here has to work together behind the scenes as well in their match to have their piece of the show so they can have an important piece but if all the matches don't work together the whole show really doesn't work it doesn't jive well so i think that's one thing here that's it's forced um it's forced like flow for these shows well, your piece is becoming more and more important here because, you know, you are nearing, I mean, I'd consider you to be, you know, one of, if not like the number one contender at this point to the Bonestorm title. Like you're getting right there in that yep. scene. Uh, you're wrestling Alex Zane tonight, right? Yeah. Um, who's another guy who's making a lot of waves oh, yeah. um, in the scene. <laughs> um, and it's about time because Alex Zane is special for the idea that he's not new. Like he's not at all. He's been around a long time. The fact that, and we've been saying this for years. I was telling Makabe about this well too. Like, there are a few guys left that I feel like are hidden guys. 
and it was like Zane would do like three, two, one battle like twice a year, or he would do um, nothing against these places. These places are incredible. Three, two, one is a great one of the best places on the West Coast. Russell, um, he would do like Resolute, which is in uh, Tennessee over here as well. He would do these places, but it felt like that was his place. He would do those shows, and then he just always remained this like hidden talent amongst us. We always knew like this dude. Not only can this dude do more than anybody, you know, but he looks good. He, you know, like when you look at him, you know, like, you know, if someone has that look. I yeah. always, I always come back to Matt Riddle for this. When you look at him, you don't know what he does, but he looks famous, right? Yes. So Zane's got that look and, you know, I, I, I think of it when I look at someone like that, I'm like, I don't know what that guy does, but I know that he's good at something. He's famous for something, right? It's like a face. It's like a, it's like a famous look. So he's got that and he can move well and he's, he's just so technically sound in the ring. It's about time that anybody's given a look on him. So for me, this is, I think the third time we've been in the ring together, but this is the first singles match we've ever had. So this will be, this will be interesting. This is fun for me because it's been like 10 years I've been wanting to wrestle Zane. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, like speaking of that, you know, like just you're making your name like everywhere right now. Like I've, I watch you at Freelance. You're like one of the top guys there. Um, and you're basically, I mean, are you still the number one contender for the power or the IWTV championship? Yeah, I am. Like, and you still haven't gotten. I have, I, I have seen, uh, I've been on shows with Cassidy since too. So I still am, you know, I don't know. I don't know when that's going to happen, but um yeah, still number one contender for that. I'm like the forgotten, like who gives a shit guy. I hate that yeah. though because like you earn that, you earn that spot. It'll pay off, but yeah. I, I hope he has it because I think that would be a. Uh, I look at it like this: like at at the end of the day, I don't just do matches just because I think it's like cool for me to do matches. Like I like to do different styles of stuff because I think it's more fun to be. Uh, you don't have to be amazing at all of them, but I think it's good to you as a wrestler or a worker to try to have different types of matches like you know you know you shouldn't just be the brawl guy or the hardcore guy every once in a while you should see like what it's like to put you against someone that's completely different from your style and like orange cassidy is like 100,000 percent not my style but it's awesome and i'm a fan of that so i would be interested in trying that so i don't know i we were talking about doing a show uh if anybody's listening to this please god do this match soon uh but we were talking about doing um, a Pizza Party Pro was interested in doing the match. Something fell through with that. So that's in New Jersey. We were thinking about doing it there. Um, I know this is completely just like cutting the, the fourth wall down. But it's been something we've talked about doing. I just don't think it lines up. And I know that he more or less works a lot of East Coast stuff. And any of the East Coast dates always conflict with my Midwest dates. So it's never worked out. Gotcha. But hopefully. Hopefully soon. Well, I swear to God, if he doesn't have the belt, I don't even know if I want to do the match. Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if someone else gets it, it's just like a big brawler guy like me. It's like, you've seen that match, man. Like, this would be something different. Like, when I worked with Hornswoggle two years ago, that was, like, the one match. I was like, I wonder if I could have a match with Hornswoggle. That was, like, kind of the joke, you know? Everybody obviously can wrestle anybody. But it's like, can you pull the match off to where you get your character, he gets his character, and everybody's happy at the end, you know? Right. That, I think, is a true... Um, it's a truth, like like Nick Age wrestled Hornswoggle over Mania Weekend. Like that was like, everybody's like, I just want to see this match because it's fucking weird, right? And I think that's kind of what I would want to have with Cassidy. I think it's just so weird. You're like, I don't know what the hell they're gonna do. 
And I think that's what his best matches are, too. I think he had, like, a real good one with David Starr a while back and stuff like that. It's, like, totally different styles. But the way that his character works is, like, I know there's certain people that don't like what he does because of the comedic side of it. But it's also, like... The way the way that I see it is yes, it's it's a comedy, but he's almost like luring you into a trap, and then he starts hitting you with his yeah. wrestling. So like, there is a science to it. I think of it as this: like, if you don't like it, you either like I get it. If it's not your thing, that's fine. You don't do it. don't have to be a fan of it. But the the overall idea of what it is is very it's it's clever in it, in a way where he's the only one really doing it. So. Even if it's not for you, at least he's original. And that's what's kind of... Like, I think of it as something where Maybe there's someone else that's done it before. I know there's been comedy guys. I know there's there's quite a few of them. But I think it's just being open-minded to the idea that this is like... Okay, this is so ridiculous. But if you just take a second and just let yourself have fun with it, it's the best. And that was... Like, the last few matches I've seen of his, I think, are that. Like, I watch it and I just... I don't go into it going, all right, this is going to be... A slugfest. This isn't going to be so. I, this is not going to be the best match I've ever seen. But if I'm going into it and having a good time with the idea of the match, then you have fun with it. And you never know. It might be one of the best matches you've ever seen. You never know. So I think it's just perception. A lot of people just don't like comedy wrestling, and they go into it with a negative attitude, like "fuck it, it's gonna be stupid." But it could be awesome. Right. I think what what makes that wrestling really work is it's watching what you like combined with something you don't know much about and seeing how they work together to make it work. It's just like a regular show when you go to like see Circus Soleil or some shit. You know, you don't know how they do half the things or how they're gonna make it work, but it happens, and you're you're just excited that it works, right? Sure. I mean, I, I just compared pro wrestling to Circus Soleil. I'm fucking psycho. <laughs> but, but I mean, at the end of the I know day, what you mean, but it is. It, you know, these are cooperative efforts to try to make something start and finish, and I think that's what we're trying to do and i think all of us are so different we should be we should be different right but um i mean i know that at the end of the day i'm just some dude who comes out and fucking singlet and brawls around but i can i'm open to do something different i think that's what a lot of guys should do you know there's like their small niche of what they're good at but if you step out no one's gonna like bash on you for being sort of bad at comedy wrestling you tried you know i think it's nobody's you know there are the guys, right? There are the, the, the set, maybe 20 guys that do all the comedy stuff. But what are they going to do? They can't keep wrestling each other. They have to wrestle with other guys and they make it work. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a stacked show. I don't, know, I don't know what you're looking forward to, but I look at the show and I'm like, there's not a, I, I don't know how guys are feeling now. I'm feeling pretty fresh. I only wrestled Thursday. Right. Uh, but I know some guys have, like, gone since Thursday. They did the Crooks. Or, uh, crooks? Crooks, yeah. Crooks, crooks. And then they did fucking SCI all weekend and now they're here. I, I have no idea. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. I don't know if you've seen Maccabe's here. I have. I haven't seen it in person yet. I haven't seen him yet today, but I saw it. uh, So I was on, unfortunately wasn't able to make the trip to Chattanooga, but I could watch all the shows live on IWTV and they got a real good close up of his ear after, uh, after he, spoiler alert, after he won the SCI tournament, they get a nice big close up on it and it looks, it looks stupid. I I knew that he got hurt, but I didn't know what happened to him or what happened to make it happen. And I didn't know that he won either. So when I seen him the day, I didn't say, I just go, oh, shit, how's your year? And he's like, well, after I won the SCI turn, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck. That, that's awesome, though. I think, um, on a side note to that, I think that's really good that they were able to take advantage of Makabe. I think he's a, he's a guy like Zane. He's been around a long time. He's technically sound. He just needs eyes. And if you give him the ball and he can run with it really well, I think he's one of those guys that... Um, like he's like he's gonna blow up pretty big. He's been doing really well since Mania Weekend, which is crazy. Is it gonna rain? 
I don't know. It um, rains every time Sup runs the show. I was going to say, every it, time. It's tradition at this yeah. point. But um, no. Yeah, I think this show is jam-packed. I don't think there's any bullshit on the show, which I think is becoming a Sup thing. You know, these are Sunday shows that from start to beginning, or from you know start to finish, are fucking crazy shows. And yeah. I think this is the second live stream show, right? Uh, yeah, I think the I think the last show was the first time they had done it. No, they did one on Easter, remember? Oh, that's the right. Secret Easter. Oh, this is the third one then. Yeah, the yeah. Secret Easter stream. That's right, because nobody, yeah, nobody knew until yeah. like showtime. If, it's genius. They should do that every year because nobody runs on Easter. I mean, it sucks for yeah. our families. I'm sure my family wasn't. The I was there live. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't care. <laughs> my family was not too happy. I remember telling them like, "Oh, I'm doing the show," and they go, "Come on!" I wrestled the last four uh, Easter Sunday. Oh, oh, something I did want to ask you about because I remember you getting a shout out from Ali a while back for yeah. helping him uh, yeah. produce like uh, those kind of vignettes that he had been putting out, like those promos. And now it's kind of like become like his thing on WWE TV is to have like these kind of like in the streets talking about. Yeah, so we've uh, I've done all the vignettes except for the one that Maddie Cox has worked on. Uh, I think those are more. Uh, I, I don't want to say more produced because that makes it sound like I'm shitting on the idea, but they're, they're, you could definitely tell they're WWE produced. All the ones that are grittier and darker, those are mine. And we've been working on those since uh, it's been almost two years now. So what's good about that is he got free reign to do. Because here's the thing, you know, when he was, you weren't in NXT, but you weren't on the main roster. The 205 Live was kind of this weird void of guys. And I mean, I'm only speaking from the outside and what like I would talk to him about. It was kind of weird, right? So they kind of were. You know, if they didn't do something to get their name out there, they were kind of just in this void of like, okay, commercial break, change the ropes, fucking have a match, we'll air it sometime. And if you're a fan, you're a fan. If you're not, we don't really care. It felt like that. So to his point, and I talked about this with Nick Hausman, Ali took a really good opportunity, took a little bit of a leap, and he put himself out there in a way that a lot of guys weren't doing it. And I wouldn't say we capitalized, but I mean, I helped him, but it's all, it's all, it's it's the way he perceives his vision of how his character is. And all I did was I just put a good lens in front of it. That's all I really did. But we were able to produce those promos based on like three things. We were able to go, you know, well, what's important. It's important that, you know, these are going to give a true representation of how you are. Uh, we want it to feel like a conversation. So everything's shot eye level. So nothing's weird. Nothing's, he's not above you. He's not below you. We wanted to feel like a conversation. And then we also wanted to make it seem like it was very different from what WWE was producing. WWE produces very clean, very crisp, very well-lit things. But the stuff that he's battling and the stuff he's talking about, it's not so pretty. It's a lot of you know overcoming stuff. So I'm like, let's film it gritty. It doesn't have to be super in focus. It'll be drifty. It'll feel like, like we stopped you on the street and we just did it. And that's kind of the style we came up with. And we've just been running with it ever since. And we joked. We were like, it'll be picked up, maybe. We just got to make sure we don't swear. We don't, like, say any crazy shit. But it ended up getting picked up. They used it on, when they used it on, when they used it for WrestleMania, that's when we knew they were going to pick it up to start using it. But once he got put on the main roster, I didn't think they were going to keep using them. But they still are. So, I mean, we're filming one tomorrow. Um, so you still actively do yeah, film gonna, them for him? Yeah, I've been actually, since then, I've been trying to go more into, so I'm good with camera work shit. I just don't have time because I'm wrestling a lot. But I've been trying to pick up the camera more and try to start producing more content for guys. My big thing is I don't really care so much about, like, my wrestling. Like, it's not, like, my work. I want to, like, help because there's a lot of guys that are really good. A lot of guys that are way better than me that just don't have a good representation of what they do. They don't know how to, you know, they know how to talk when they're in the ring. But if you look at your 10 minutes in the ring and then your entrance and your exit, it doesn't really – unless they give you the mic – 
but all those hours of the day that you're not in the ring, you can talk, and but it's just how well can you produce your content? So if I have the ability to produce content for guys and get them better, I want to I want to like help that. So I think I've been trying to help more guys in the area produce content. So I've worked with uh, with Tony Noss back by us. He's produced some content. I just worked with Frank the Clown on Friday night. We filmed a promo for Warrior Wrestling. Uh, which was weird. We filmed a promo on on McFoley. I know by the time this comes out, the match probably already happened, but we filmed a promo. On oh, this Mc... will come out tomorrow. Oh, I don't care then. Yeah, yeah. but we filmed a promo uh, where he uh, he was able to um, like voice his opinions on McFoley, and as we're filming it, I thought it was just so interesting. I'm like, fuck. Like same thing when I'm filming the Ali promos, and he's like. You know, he's talking about, like, uh, you know, I'm going to wrestle. I mean, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we're filming fucking WWE promos. And, like, it's still weird to him, and he's fucking there, you know? Um, and I think we've been able to do that, and I've been able to get more guys in the area to, you know, take time and be like, hey, you know, this is what you're trying to say. Let's take five extra minutes. Let's produce it right. Let's get your ideas out there, and let's film it in a way where it doesn't look like it was filmed out of someone's ass because that's the cell phone shit. When you film, you know, front-facing camera, vertical like a fucking idiot and you that's put, the worst you put your yeah. promo out there i see that and i don't care how good your promo is i'm just like oh fuck i don't even <laughs> want to listen to it i don't because it just it doesn't look like you took time so if you didn't take time into producing this content then why should i care about what the subject matter is so and that you know what i guess it's not some guy's fault they just don't have the time so that's where i want to step in and help out so i think when doing the ali stuff it's a good practice uh, but I want to help more guys in the area. So I, I, I've, I've offered it out to guys, and some guys have taken me up on the offer, but I can produce content. So, yeah. Being from, so like from the Chicago area? Yeah, from the, I mean, even if I'm on the road, I always have my gear. I have my gear with me right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always travel. It's like you never forget your gear at home. I never forget my cameras. So. Um, like, where does like your relationship with like Ali and those guys start? Did y'all like train together? So like... I am from the same area as Ali. Ali obviously started wrestling much before me, but we all trained in the same area. Uh, people who trained him trained me. Uh, and then he helped train me with Bryce. Uh, so uh, back home in the freelance wrestling school, he's always there. I think we're a little spoiled sometimes. We have some of the craziest people roll through those schools up there. But we've had, you know, we had DJZ, we had Ali, and we had, um, oh shit, what's his name? Um, Sky Day. We had Sky Day come. Through. I mean, like, if you just took the time and went to school and actually went to the classes, you had all these people available. And there's a lot of guys right now that grinded through so hard to get where they are. Like Pat Monix is one. Sure. God, for years he trained there. So, and the school right now is very healthy, very good class. I think that's the other thing too. A lot of guys train for like six months. They're like, I'm fucking ready, and they go. These kids are, you know, these kids are giving it everything. They're doing the right things. They're going to the shows. They're making connections in the area. So, uh, we have a good relationship with Ali and he always comes back and helps out so I think that's really been helping us it's been helping a lot of the kids out too because you know when you get started in this if there's no guarantee of any kind of progress it's kind of hard to stay motivated but then when you got guys like that coming through the school and they're rolling and they're willing to work with you fuck it's so good it's so good for us too especially because you know a lot of guys don't train anymore they start wrestling and they just don't train anymore and for us to be able to have the ability to go back and work with people that are better than us and can challenge us and show us new shit that's what really helps you know it works it helps us then show other people stuff too what uh what are kind of your immediate and long-term goals with wrestling you know you mentioned like you know the school and freelance and all this stuff yeah i think like so for me to be completely honest i think one thing i'm really good at i think i'm better at helping others uh, whether it be in the ring, I think I'm a good, I hate to say stepping stone guy, but I think that's important, right? You need someone that's good to, you know, I can have a match, right? You can put me in whatever match you want, but I'm good at helping other guys get their shit in safely. I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'm not going to fuck anybody up. 
but I could be me and I can make your character stand out. And I'm not saying you're better because of me. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying I can help. I'm a good guy on the show that you can put somebody with and I'll take care of them. Um, but my, like my long-term goal is like, I mean, I'm more realistic with myself. I don't think WWE is looking into a 5'7", 220-pound guy from Chicago. You never know, man. Uh, but I mean, like you never know, but I think with the media side, if I could... I, I, I've always said this. I'll keep wrestling as long as I don't feel like I'm taking someone else's spot. Mm-hmm. So if I ever feel like I'm just doing these shows and I'm just trying to occupy whatever's little bit is left as my, with my career, and there's someone else that's waiting to get a spot, and I'm just hogging that, I'll step out. I don't, I don't think that's right. But I think that I have a really good understanding how things work and I'd like to help guys going forward so I don't know if that leads to me eventually training guys I don't know but I would love to keep it the media side so if I just move into like social media helping guys with that because um, I know how to not be a piece of shit online so sure. I think if some guys needed some social media classes I think people need to figure that shit out because I think the reason a lot of people get hate is because of how they act online anyways so but, I agree uh, I think that's yeah my goal my goal is just right now I'm having fun with it I don't want to I just want to stay true to what I'm doing and not do anything I don't want to do. But I also don't want to take time from my family so much that I'm, like, forcing them. Be like, you know, like, your dad's wrestling. He's going to keep wrestling. And they're like, we never fucking see you. We never, we have no idea what you're doing. So, sure. uh, and I think my girlfriend's realistic. She's like, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it right. Uh, she's super supportive. Uh, but she's like, if you're going to do it, you're going to be good at it. Or you're going to fucking stop doing it. Why would you just force yourself to keep doing it? So I think that's kind of my realistic look at it. I'm 29. Uh by 30 uh which is soon i think i'll have that value you know that evaluation check everything make sure everything works sure um but yeah i think that's where i'm at right now just kind of having fun with it still cool well as you guys can probably hear it's starting to thunder it's starting to rain on us last thing before we wrap it up just real quick favorite match you've been a part of and favorite match just as a fan if you have any uh my favorite match i've ever seen still for some crazy reason is the necro butcher samoa joe match because these beat oh, each other sure. i don't know why it always it if you watch it it's not even like it's just a fight but i for some reason just feel like that made that match made other people feel something i don't know why i just like it it's so gritty and silly and like brutal for no reason big styles clash yeah. there yeah uh my favorite match i've ever done it's it's kind of hard like I did my first match I ever did with Isaiah in freelance. So when freelance first started, it was kind of like a bunch of kids who weren't getting opportunities and they started freelance, right? That's the short story. Um, when they did the second ever freelance show at the Abbey and they put me and in in Isaiah together, at that time, I like didn't want to wrestle anymore. I was kind of like out. I had been hurt. Uh, I came back and was just doing fuck off matches. But I always said, if I'm going to wrestle, I want to wrestle Isaiah because we trained with Isaiah and he was miles ahead of all of us. He still is. He's fucking like the man. I'm like, I want to wrestle Isaiah. And I would love to have a time limit draw match with Isaiah. Just because I feel like we could push that pace. And I got that match. It was still my favorite match. It's still, like, legit one of my favorite matches we've ever done. And I was so bad then. And that was, like, that was like during the era of when it's, like, I didn't know shit about shit. It was, like, 2014. I had been wrestling on and off for four years. And I just... I had so much I needed to learn still. But I didn't care. It was just, like, one of those matches I knew I wanted to have. So I think that's still my favorite match. Cool. So. Well, let's wrap it up, man, before we get stormed on and get you uh, yeah. get you back in the building, get ready for the show. Hey, thanks again, man. No problem. Fucking man. kill it tonight. I'm sure I'll see you in there. I'm going to grab myself a couple uh, couple drink skis. And, uh, I won't knock any out of your hands. I oh, appreciate it, brother. Thanks again. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much to Craig Mitchell for joining the show, and thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you're subscribed to the Fight Talk podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Make sure to download episodes that you like, and make sure to give me a good rating and a good review. It helps the podcast out a lot. Also, make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at fighttalk underscore, that's F-I-G-H-T, 
T-A-L-K underscore. And you can check out the Fightful Select Weekender. I do that podcast every single weekend for Fightful.com as a part of their premium Patreon service at Fightful Select. I talk about all non-WWE news. I do results, predictions, recaps, pretty much everything you can think of. Once again, over at Fightful.com, the Fightful Select Weekender. You can find my merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Just search Fight Talk Podcast. Anything you buy on that website goes right back into you know this podcast and other stuff that I'm involved with. I just take that money, I reinvest it right back into this to make this and all the other things that I'm you know involved with better for myself and better for you as a person who consumes the content. You can check out all the stuff we do over at MMA on Point on YouTube. Just search MMA on Point. I think we have the absolute best. MMA-related content on the internet. I know that's a very strong statement to make, but I truly do believe it. And I run their social media, so if you wouldn't mind, and if you're a fan of mixed martial arts, shoot me a follow over there, or shoot us a follow, I should say, over there on Twitter at OnPointMMA and Instagram at MMAOnPoint. So that'll do it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I don't know when I'll be back next, but it will be sometime this week. I'm going to hit you guys with a NXT TakeOver Toronto and WWE SummerSlam Predictions podcast. And that, of course, will be brought to you by our sponsors at WrestleRumble.com. So speaking of our sponsors, WrestleRumble.com, jump on there right now and join the contest. I know the top prize for the SummerSlam Pick'em contest is $1,000 cash. And the top prize for the NXT TakeOver Toronto contest is a uh, replica title belt, a replica NXT championship belt. So Great stuff there. Uh, shoot them a follow also to stay up to date with all their contests at Russell Rumble on Twitter. Also, shout out to Heroes and Legends. They are the best professional wrestling memorabilia company out there. They have autographs, DVDs, action figures, old magazines and programs, all that kind of stuff. Check it out. If you're going to buy that type of stuff, do it through Heroes and Legends because they're nice people and they do fair business. And shoot them a follow on social media at HL Pro Wrestling. And also, shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. Brian is a professional boxing coach. He's a personal trainer. He can help you reach your goals. If you want to be, you know, competing professionally in mixed martial arts or, you know, professional boxing or at an amateur level, whatever it is, he can help you out with that. If you want to just learn self-defense or just lose weight, whatever your goals are, Brian can help you out. Shoot him a follow on Instagram at BoxingATL. That's B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. Hit him with a direct message, and if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can help you in person. If you're anywhere else in the world, doesn't matter where, he can help you remotely. He'll set up a plan for you and, you know, get you where you need to be. So once again, that's Brian Jensen and Instagram at BoxingATL. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll be back soon.